Connie, God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning. Nancy will be right back. She's taking care of something. <clears throat> so, so much going on. So much going on. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, so much going on. <laughs> I just, yeah. Um, anyway, so don't forget these. If you want a copy of, of one or uh, each of them, let me know. I will send one to you totally free of charge. Okay. Um, sorry. I, I know I'm a little distracted. Um, forgive me. Just just a ton of stuff going on. We're we're <laughs> um, Everything and just everything that can happen happens. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, uh, microphone. Uh, you know, sometimes we think we got it together, and then uh, and then we find out we we really we really don't. Uh, Connie, what's going on? Let tell me what's going on. We, we'll, we'll add you to our prayers this morning for sure. Um, we are in Ephesians chapter 1 still, and, um, okay, <laughs> all right, so we have a second person out there that's hiding, um, feel free to say hello so we can greet you, <sighs> Connie, post your prayers, or you can send them to the private chat, and, um, if, if you don't want them. Uh, don't want them out there in public. Yes, we are in Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, yes, you hear a cat wanting in the house. And, and Nancy will let her in in a minute. 
Ephesians, of course, I, I've discussed this about before with you guys. Ephesians is an awesome, incredible book that talks about a lot of different areas and covers a lot of uh, maturity and uh, raising up. Uh, oh, and yeah, a reminder. Website is to be. Okay. Um, good morning, D. Um, we're, we are we have ongoing prayer for your family, D. Is there, if there's something else, go ahead and post it. Remember, on Monday we will be doing a day from this, which is day is it day twelve? I'm lost. Um, you know, without my wife here, I get lost really easy. Uh, yeah, we'll be on day twelve on Monday. We will be reviewing a book called Translating God by Sean Bowles. I'm very excited about it. It's an incredible book. I just literally finished it yesterday. Super amazing book. And, okay. All right. Um, so we have uh, prayers needed by Connie and by Dee as well. Good morning, Connie. Good, Good morning, Dee. Sometime back, she was I do. asking for prayer about that, so she needs she continues to need oh, right. that. And and D, I asked D if it was uh, ongoing for her family, if it was something. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Um, yes, we are in Ephesians chapter one, and this morning we are going to start at verse eleven. And uh, I, I I want to encourage you. To spend time in this book, it has it has a lot of stuff. We'll be getting up to a verse, a couple verses here in a few minutes that will are not. Probably we probably won't get to them today, <laughs> but um, that will talk about revelation and understanding uh, of revelation. Um, <clears throat> I'm big on revelation, personal revelation, and what I mean by that is. When I personal revelation is when I read the scripture, and God shows something to me important directly. That's called personal revelation, or just general revelation, was when when information comes our way that is can be life altering or exciting or you know good teaching or whatever from other people. There's nothing wrong with that. The difference is is when. When we read something in Scripture and a new truth jumps out at us that we didn't realize before, whether it's a life-altering truth or whatever it is, it is that realization that God told me that, not me. When, you, when, you, when it hits you that God is talking to you, that can change your life. Absolutely. It can totally change your life. Not, not. It, it may not be a truth that changes your life. It's the fact that God spoke to you directly. Your heart swells and you get excited and you're like, wow. And I can remember more than once where I would get really excited about something God showed me and realized it isn't that the truth itself wasn't. Oh, okay, you know, wow, this is this will really teach. This is really great. This is wonderful. And it's like, okay, it's not in itself. A huge deal, 
as you kind of come down back down from the clouds. Conditional, unspoken. Okay. I, I got it. You got it. it. As you come back down from the clouds, you're like, oh, okay. It's it's not it's not life altering. People are not going to suddenly whatever in their life. When you talk about it, it's the realization that God spoke to you. The Holy Spirit has used Scripture. See, you always hear, you know, before you study, pray. Why? I mean, isn't it God's Word that we're going to study, be studying? Isn't that going to be God's Word? Well, this is the reason we pray. When we study the Word, there are things on the surface that don't always make sense. Or they don't seem important. You may understand them in the flesh, but they don't really seem that important. But when you pray and you invite the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit doesn't force himself on prayer. So the idea behind praying is you invite him. You let him come in and let him do what he needs and desires to do to open the word to you. That's how we start to get revelation. We don't give a revelation because I'm smart and I understand it. We get revelation because the Holy Spirit shows it to us. And it's a super, super important thing. And, I, and I, I'll be honest with you. I really, really need to do some writing on this, this particular topic. Um, but much like the... <laughs> The book that we're just that's just gotten released, simply gra uh, grateful. There is a a timeline for these things, and simply grateful was written in two weeks, start to finish, start to publish. Two weeks. The reason was is because the ideal and concept of having a life of Thanksgiving was building up over several years. And then culminated, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, okay, write it down. Yeah. And it's not a huge book. It's not like I wrote 500, 500 pages, and it's, it's only 40 pages or so long. But the concept of an ideal builds for a long period of time as experience and training and teaching and understanding gets kind of put into that big ball of stuff. And then all of a sudden it culminates with, okay, now write it. So revelation, mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. revelation is, is one of those kind of things that's in the building place, mm -hmm. like relationship and, and others. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and we, want, we like the idea of keeping them short and easy to read. <sighs> all right, I said all that to say this. Mm -hmm. Let's begin. We are in verse 11. Let's pray over the word. Again, if you're if you're on here and you have prayer requests, uh, just like Connie and, and Dee posted, go ahead and post your prayer requests, and they'll be added to our, our prayer request prayer time at, as we get ready to finish up here. All right, God bless. Thank you, Lord Jesus, so much. Everything is about you. Everything is about you. Everything is about coming after you. Open the word to us this morning, Lord Jesus. Fill, fill our hearts and our minds with your revelation and understanding. I pray for all of this morning as we study that you will be glorified and you, Holy Spirit, 
All right, so we'll start at verse 11 and see where we go from there. Um, let's see if I can do a little bit of uh, a bit of a synopsis of, as to what brought us to this point. Um, so Paul, of course, we had talked about how Ephesians was probably a circulating letter meant to go to multiple churches, starting with Ephesus. And, um, and as uh, Wednesday pointed out, that was... Uh, more, more than likely, the church at Ephesus was being kept in uh, Philemon's home, which Philemon is another very short book that uh, mm -hmm. Paul has written. Um, we talked about redemption. We talked about forgiveness of sins. Um, we understood, or we talked about, hopefully understood, the, the foundation for God's will for our lives is goodness. And that's one of those questions that we often ask. It's like, well, how do I need to know the will of God? He loves you. He intends good for you. What happens from there um, is kind of up to us and how much, sorry guys, how much we are willing to give back to him and let him Absolutely. do. Yeah. So let's pick up in verse 11. We also talked a little bit about verse 11, but we weren't done with it. In him we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we, who first trusted in Christ, should be to the praise of his glory. In him you have also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. All right. Continuing with the theme of God's will through, through this new paragraph is knowing that he has good things in store for us. Um, it finishes off in verse 14, until the redemption of the purchased possession, that would be us, to the praise of his glory. So God intends good for us. In him we have, this is verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance. We talked about him, inheritance and how important it is for us to, to, to realize that inheritance is not something that is given to the servants of a household. Now, I know that, that Hallmark Channel likes to do that kind of stuff, but but in 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 the reality of the time, inheritance was something that was reserved for family. Family wasn't a problem because most men had 55 million wives, so there was always a kid to give your stuff to. <laughs> <coughs> All right, not quite 55 million, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 50 hundred. 50 hundred. Uh, well... <laughs> More than 500 for some, you know. I know. Anyway, anyway. Um, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to counsel. Now, we've talked about predestination and how that 
predestination is a word that gets flung around and gets uh, has been uh, turned into. It would be an, an interesting word study to to find out. To figure out how to say that. Get ma men. Yes, good morning, mercy. Hello. Okay, so. So the predestination part is being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. All right. It's, it's kind of it's kind of interesting the way this is put. It says we're predestined. In other words, in other words, we're we're put in place. We have there's a plan for us. That plan will ultimately. I know I'm cool. <laughs> that that mm. plan ultimately. Uh, was according to the being predestined according to the purpose. The plan for us was based upon the purpose that he had in mind of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Don't you find this interesting that it it's he works all things according to he works all things according to his will. So he's taking his own advice. <laughs> Which nobody gives better advice than God. So, you know. Mm -hmm. He made a choice and he had a desire on how our relationship with him was supposed to be. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh -oh. Excuse me. <laughs> All right. So he had this plan. And he counseled himself. In other words, he thought, this is perfect. He didn't need to seek outside counsel. He didn't need to get advice from his angels or advice from his son or from the spirit. God knew what he was going to do, had it all worked out from the very beginning. Now, the interesting thing is, is God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He doesn't change. He doesn't need to change. He's all-encompassing. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, omni-this and omni-that. So he does not need advice. He doesn't need help. He doesn't need suggestions. He doesn't need anything. He's fully capable. But in order to put it in a way that man understands, he wants us to know that he was fully aware of what he was doing. God didn't say, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it that way. Yeah. Maybe I should do this way. That's not how God works. God knows the front from the back and the end. And so, you know, there's a, uh, there is a, um, there is a, um, a map that was created a very long time ago. And I don't remember the name of the person that created the map. It is a 3D, it is a flat 3D rendering of the earth. And if you've ever seen, if you've been in school, well, I don't know if they still use it in schools today, but if you've been in school, you've seen this map. And basically what it is, it's all the parts of the earth pulled apart and flattened so that you can see the entire earth at one. It's a weird, odd shape, but it's mm -hmm. the unfolding of a perfect sphere, which mm -hmm. is what the planet is. Mm -hmm. So that is called a flat 3D rendering of the earth. Mankind can see in the 3D, but cannot fully see in 3D. In other words, I can tell the distance here, 
or the third dimension of this. So we have uh, width, height, and depth. So I understand that, okay? We can presume four dimensions by me seeing a picture of this and a picture of this side by side. Hmm. That is generally what is called presumed 4D. So in other words, you're seeing all dimensions at once. I can't see the back of this. I can only see this side. Well, except for the fact that it's in the camera. But anyway, I can only see this. That is 3D rendering. That's 3D understanding. But four dimension means that I can see both front and back at the same time. The only way that is possible in our life is for me to have a copy of it sitting beside it. Understand God doesn't have that limitation. He sees front, back, side, inside, outside, everything all at once. He sees beyond all of that. So we have to understand that when we're talking about God, we're talking about a being that literally has absolute no limitations. Period. If he wants to be present on Mars, he can be present on Mars and on Earth at the same time. Right. He has ongoing communication with millions of people at once. He oversees and is aware of every blade of grass on the planet. He knows how and he can zoom in and see with his naked eye the atoms of oxygen, or the particles of oxygen, there it is. <laughs> I'm not a chemist. Mm. So when God is taking his own counsel, it's not like he's standing in a mirror and saying, hey, should I? Or should I? Should I? Or should I? Well, let's do the pros and cons. Let's, let's do the pros and cons. Let's list out everything. <laughs> he doesn't do that. Putting it in such a fashion, we understand that, you know, by saying that, that he took his own will or he's to his own counsel is kind of a way of saying, bringing him to a place where we understand him better. Because when we think of something like, um, like four dimensions, and that doesn't make any sense to us. It, it literally is like, ah. Uh, Okay, I can mm -hmm. understand enough to know that that's a limitation that I have. That's as far as I get. There's nothing I can do to change that to my body. There's nothing I, you know, I, I can't even use a machine. We don't have machines that will allow us to see in the fourth dimension, which is all sides and all parts and everything at once. That's not a possibility. But it is for God. And that's where we have to get past the point, oh, so when we read that he's, he's, you know, I bring that thing out, the flight is finished. Oh, I know. Every single yeah, time. They and know. We need to change. We need to have these, like, very diminutive colors. So, they know. Demure colors or whatever. It was. It was right here in my Yeah, head. bring him. He was flying all around, bugging us, and bring mm -hmm. out the flight's water. Boop, it's gone. Let's read. Uh, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's read verse 12. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. It is a natural outflow, or it should be a natural outflow spiritually for us to worship God as we come to know God. And so it's it's very important that as Christians we realize 
worshiping God or praising God is something that we're supposed to do. I mean, we can talk about scriptures, especially like uh, the book of Psalms and these different passages throughout scripture that really focus on worship. This is who we are as Christians in our relationship with God. We understand that we're supposed to worship God, not just because scripture uh, demands it, but because he's God. You know, we were just talking about mm -hmm. his ability to see in the fourth dimension. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that ability right there demands, it's, it's something that man barely has a concept of. And I've watched a couple of videos on, online about this fourth dimension thing and realized we literally do, we, there's not anything we can do to, to view in a natural way a fourth dimension uh, object. We're aware of it. Pretty much it. <laughs> but God is able to do that. So that demands our worship. That, that, that says this is a person that needs to be worshipped. Just in that understanding. Much less in the understanding that we are told to. If this is our book. is it, If this is the book that we adhere to as Christians. Then this book teaches us to do things we're supposed to do. And worshiping God is just one of many, but it is a key. Mm -hmm. In Him is thirteen, verse thirteen. In Him you have, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom you have believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of His glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth. Now there's been a lot of uh, controversy gone around, and there's been even controversial things that I've said, as, as much as I try to avoid being controversial, about truth. And how we're supposed to weigh truth, and always adhere to truth, always seek out truth. But scripture, scripture references uh, scripture references truth as a as a byproduct uh, of of knowing God that we desire truth and we desire to know the truth and the truth will set us free. Also, the realization that in the truth is how we meet God. God epitomizes love. He's a in fact in in First John it says He is God is love. That means that that. He embodies love in a way that we don't really fully comprehend. When I say I'm in love with Nancy, um, that love doesn't encompass me or her. It doesn't, I mean, it not, not uh, epitomize, not encompass. That love doesn't epitomize her, and it doesn't epitomize me. It is an emotional attachment that we have to one another that's powerful and amazing, and God created it. But the Bible doesn't say God is truth. But we know God is truth. It's one of his most important and strongest characteristics. Right next to love, in fact. But God is love first. So in truth, we see reality as God intended. So truth will teach me what love will not teach me. 
But I can't understand love until I recognize truth. But I can't use truth in place of love. So in other words, I have to have God's love. And through that, his truth will become relevant to me. It will become important to me. And it will change my life. We must always project truth. We must always project the integrity of God in our lives. That is an axiom that will never change. That is a truth that will never change. That is so important. I cannot love unless I love through truth. Because my love must be must have integrity. I can't love with ulterior motives. It's not love. The funny thing about love is, is I can fake looking like love. But if it's ever real love, there's no fake, there's no falsehood to it. Mm -hmm. Okay? When it's true love, there are no ulterior motives. There are no there are no abuses. There are no exceptions. True love doesn't abuse children and wives or husbands. True love is not mean. True love is not dishonest. All these things become true love when they're set aside, but not before. So, in other words, when a person says he loves his wife, but he beats her up on, you know, every now and then, that's not true love. Not at all. That, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a need of the flesh. I gotta be, she, she needs to fulfill my, my desires, and so I love having her around. That's not true love, though. True love never is abusive. True love is never mean. True love, true love never gets out of control. So we, we learn these, these things about love. Well, when we add that word true to the statement of I love you is different than I truly love you. Yeah. So when we're talking about uh, truth, let me read that again. In him you also trusted. So our truth, truth, True and trusted, they're all part and parcel of one another. They're, they're different aspects of the same thing, you might say. Right. When you trust somebody, it's because they're honest and they have integrity. You believe that everything that they're going to do that is associated with you is going to be trustworthy. It's going to be true. It's going to be honest. It's going to have integrity. Now, we read, we read, um, and I can't remember where, but we, <laughs> we read in Scripture about what perfect love is. Perfect love is something that you you can easily trust because you don't because you know that there's not going to be ulterior motives. God doesn't have ulterior motives with us. He loves us and he desires a relationship with us. That's his motive. I can't reach up my hand. Oh, my arm. see where it was. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Hang on, guys. We're bug killing here. Hang on. Oh yeah, baby. She hit that bugger so hard he flung across the room and stuck to the wall okay not across the room but he is stuck to the wall we'll to, good commentating there baby we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to clean that up later you want to replay yeah. <laughs> slow-mo should have got that yeah we should have got that on camera it's just like that all right it's like a booger boom big old black all right slime. we're done okay take it the hiccups now <laughs> okay. Um, 
All right, so we're gonna. We're gross. Gonna... <laughs> What's gross about it? It's a natural thing. Flies water meets fly. Fly sticks to the wall. What's not natural is the excitement that's shown from your dad about <laughs> the process of that. You know, it's like when a gun, a real, real, uh, a guy that really likes shooting guns and his wife starts shooting and hitting the target, there's a certain excitement there, and the, which is an experience we've had. There's a certain excitement there that was like, wow, she is so hot right now. <laughs> Anyways. Um, well, let's get back to the word. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the interruption. <laughs> You know, when it comes to killing flies, you got to take a chance and, and uh, whatever opportunity shows itself. <laughs> uh, okay, maybe we should pray again. <laughs> uh, let's read verse 13. In him you, uh, again, in him you also trusted after your, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So what he's saying is the word of truth and the gospel of, his, of your salvation and the gospel of salvation part and parcel, word and truth, gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, so, <clears throat> what Paul is trying to do is remind the people of Ephesus, something great happened in your life. Something amazing happened in your life. This is why this book is so important to newborn Christians, because it takes it takes us from the point of salvation, teaches us many, 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 many things that will help us in our walk with Christ, and then culminates with ways and methods to retain that salvation. We are we are hated by the enemy of God. I mean. We're not talking about hate spewed like the BLM actions and and uh, the people who have done evil things down through the years. We're not talking about hate at the level of of the of uh, what Hitler had for Jewish people. We're not we're not talking about that kind of hate. It's far more than that. That kind of hate doesn't even begin to touch <coughs> what it is. The devil has for us because everything we are as Christians represent the goodness of God represents the goodness of God which is the opposite of what he how he exists he's convinced himself he's he's called the father of lies and one of the biggest lies that he tells is is a lie to himself that he is going to beat us but we we don't put our trust in him we put in our, our trust in and we and we, we got to get that there is no equality between God or Jesus and the devil. There's, they're, they're not even on they're not even on the same playing field. In fact, the devil can't even get on their playing field. There's nothing that the devil can do that God cannot crush him at any given moment with his thumb, yeah. like a dead fly on the wall. Ooh, he moved. Oh. He's in a cobweb. He's in a cobweb. <laughs> he wasn't moving. Finally, all those spiders that we've been good to are doing their I job. I guess that means I need to do anyway. some dusting. 
There's that too. Here you can have this. It's not 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 what you had expected. Um, <clears throat> this morning when you came on the Bible study, you never know when you come on with us what's going to happen. This place can get crazy. Yes. Um, Paul is trying to remind the Christian, and I and I say the Christian because, it, like I said, I believe it was a circulating letter. He's trying to remind the Christian, the believer, of the greatness that they've been brought to and and the difficulties of life that they've been brought upon. You, you now have, have stepped into a place where God had, had originally planned mankind. You went back to being an Adam. You went back to being that perfection under the righteousness of Christ. You went back to that. And so he's trying to say, now I want to teach you a few things about what that means. You know, it's like Paul was like, okay, <clears throat> I keep hearing about the struggles that many Christians are having, so I need to sit down and write a letter and pass it around so that these Christians that are struggling will see what God has given them. So as we study Ephesians, we'll begin to see and get a clearer idea and concept and understanding of what God has done. Paul doesn't glorify the, the past. He doesn't glorify or, or spend a lot of time talking about how you were. It's like he's saying, okay, you were in the gutter. <clears throat> now you, you've come to the palace and you've got a throne and you've got cars and you've got it's like the he's he he wants to compare but he doesn't want to he doesn't want to focus on that negative part of it as much as he wants to focus on the positive so understanding we have an inheritance which means we're family okay we are predestined which means god knew this was going to happen had every intention of being there for us to take us to something greater than where we were um, this was done this was done according to his plan his purpose according to his own counsel according to his own thought process so God wasn't wasn't looking you know he wasn't looking to somebody else and say hey what's your thoughts on this how should I proceed because nobody would have a better plan than he would yeah. that we who first trusted in Christ would learn to worship him and that in in trusting him because we heard the word of truth the gospel the good news yay that uh, of our salvation in whom we have believed and then finally the last part here where it says well I lay it down I can't see it, <laughs> it says and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance so We've inherited something amazing. First and foremost, we've inherited salvation. That's the most important thing. The Holy Spirit, and this is this goes this goes uh, to that part that I have mentioned time and time again. One of the one of the most important reasons we need the Holy Spirit is that He is the reminder of what we have. And this calls him the guarantee of our inheritance. 
It is his presence in our lives that keep us going the direction we're going so that we don't decide, you know, the inheritance part, that's just not as important to me as as you think it is. So I'm just going to go about my life. Can we lose our salvation? Can we walk away from God? We most certainly can. The Bible teaches us that there is only one person that can choose to take our salvation, and that's us. The devil can't do it. God cannot do it. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the angels, none of them can do it. The brothers and sisters or, or people that you know in your life, fellow workers, bosses, employers, whatever, they can't take your salvation. But what can happen is we can choose to walk away. When we choose to ignore the inheritance that is before us, when we choose to ignore the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can walk away. This is why we seek the Holy Spirit. This is why we go after the Holy Spirit. Not just because he's part of our lives or because scripture mentions him a few times, but because we need him. He is the glue between us and God. Jesus died for our salvation. We must accept Christ as our Savior. But it is the Holy Spirit that keeps us in that mindset. It's the Holy Spirit that causes us to drive closer and closer to Jesus and to understand God better and better. That's, that's part of His work. His job is bigger than any other person's job on, in existence. Because His job is to make sure that we are listening to what God is trying to teach us that we are growing in the things that he's teaching us, and that we retain our salvation. You see, the, here's the problem. Our salvation is much like a river, okay? As long as that river is flowing, our salvation is growing. Ooh, there's a song in that. Uh -huh. As long as there's movement in the water, there's growth, there's good growth. What happens to a river that stops flowing? It becomes stagnant. And instead of that water being life-giving, that water becomes poisonous. And in the same way, our salvation must continue to draw from God. It must flow. You know, picture picture the Holy Spirit as a, as a massive, massive, unending lake. Okay? And our salvation is one of the rivers that flow out of that lake. Well, there's a constant source, but when we start putting things in the way and the water starts drying up because we're not getting stuff from the source, that becomes a poisonous. Everything in it dies. Fish will die and the algae and all that kind of stuff will dry up and it'll be a horrible, ugly place. Mm -hmm. And that's how we lose our salvation when we stop feeding from that big lake of the Holy Spirit. And so we don't get the Holy Spirit just because we get saved. That is the beginning. That's the part where we trusted in the gospel. But we, in order to retain that, we continue to let that Holy Spirit work in us. And then that Holy Spirit purifies a lot of things in our lives. And part of that purification process is our understanding of God. And through that understanding of God, we get things like what predestination means and what it means that the truth and holiness and righteousness and all these different things. Those truths and, and, and principles 
of the kingdom start to become a part of us, but not until we start to listen to the Holy Spirit that's supposed to be guiding us. Again, we go back to what I said a minute ago. He won't force you to do it. Just because you get saved doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's going to come in and say, okay, now you listen up and do what I tell you to do. It doesn't work that way. He doesn't desire to be our drill sergeant. He desires to be our friend. And that friend being one that knows better and knows how to guide us. But not until we seek him. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit in us the moment we're saved. But there's more than that. Okay, there's there's so much more than that. It's like when you get a job, you got a job. Okay, after a while, you want a pay raise. After a while, you may want to move up in that job. You may want to become a supervisor, get better pay, and, and get more things done and more accomplished. Okay, it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. And I mean, there's a million different examples, but it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit is that when we get saved, we get the Holy Spirit. That's great. That's wonderful. But we seek to know him better, and then we are literally promoted in different areas of our walk with Christ. One of those areas is revelation and understanding the great things that God has for us and how much more there is. As we get into uh, the next, let's see, where did we leave off? We left off at 15. So when we come back um, to Ephesians, which will be... Tuesday, isn't it? Thursday? Is that right? Yeah, Thursday of next week. When we come back here to Ephesians, keep hold of this um, for quite a while. And it talks a lot about revelation, understanding, and so on. It's, it is, I, I have a personal testimony based on that passage of scripture that we'll talk about. So, um, so, so stay with us, and, and we'll be uh, we'll be back in that uh, that section next week, and looking forward to that teaching. It's going to be awesome. Next Thursday. I keep looking at the calendar. Thursday. What day are we leaving? Next Thursday. Okay, so it won't be oh, next Thursday. We're leaving for um, California then. We'll be. You know what? We probably we uh, we should be able to get. Well, let's see. Yeah, we can get internet in our motel room. So it probably will be next Friday. So I think we're probably going to skip Thursday for sure and possibly Friday because we'll be traveling between here and California. Yeah. Our, our, we're going to do our anniversary thing. Bye, sweetheart. Have a good day, Mercy. Have a wonderful day. Yeah. Um, we're going to do our anniversary thing and spend a couple of nights down in Crescent City. One night going down, one night one coming night back going up. A couple so, nights of this folks in between. Well, we're going to be um, delivering. we got a pretty well biggest delivery we've ever made mm -hmm. down in California and then talking to a few businesses along the way. Totally we do appreciate your prayers for our ministry as God is continuing to do new stuff. Um, mm -hmm. As I um, mentioned earlier, we have uh, the new book, which uh, we will be getting our copies of that tomorrow, uh, delivered tomorrow sometime. And so on Monday morning when we're doing our podcast, uh, we should have a hard copy to show you. We'll have big word of proof written across the front of it. Yeah, but you so, know, it's a big chart. And then we'll, uh, we'll kind of post where you can go and, um, and either purchase or if you just want to contact us, and we'll send that to you free of charge. All right, so this morning's people group is um, hospitals or medical, the medical community. 
So as we pray over um, over hospitals and whatnot, if you have an individual doctor, nurse, or a bunch of them, or if you just love your own hospital, get specific as you join us in prayer. Get specific in who you pray for. There's nothing wrong with that, and I think it's it's a, quite an effective process. So let's pray over the medical community this morning as our people do. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the word this morning. We pray that you will bless it and that you will use it to encourage um, those who are watching. Father, we lift up our medical community to you. We pray, Lord Jesus, for excuse me, a spectacular blessing over our doctors and nurses, hospital staff, um, EVS units, ambulance uh, teams, fire departments, uh, dentists, veterinarians, pharmacists, the whole, the whole bunch, Lord. We are so blessed by what it is uh, to have medical teams and individuals, Lord Jesus, to help us in our walk of life. We pray your blessings over these uh, medical groups. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will fill these people with your incredible presence, that you will overshadow them and send revival into their hearts, Lord. We do pray, Lord Jesus, for a great move among our medical community. And we pray for revival in our city, Lord Jesus, in our state, in our nation. Father, send revival to our city. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you as always. I love to start out with thank you, thankfuls and thank yous for the way that you are so faithful to uh, join us as we uh, sit here in our little community online or in person or however that looks each time and I love that we have this ability to do this uh, from distances away but you join us and you open up our hearts and our minds and you help us to understand more and to grasp more and to uh, draw closer to you I thank you for your word and I thank you for the um, the teachings and the revelations and the things that you bring to each one of us might be something different from one person to the next of what we grasp for today. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your faithfulness. And Father, I thank you for those who have joined us this morning and um, that they are as well seeking you and seeking to know more about you. And there's many prayer requests that are represented right here in just the few people that we've been um, doing this with for, for many months now. And I lift them up to you. I start with um, with Dee, and I know that she's got a couple of things going on. Her her cousin Don uh, and her family having lost her husband, and and uh, also having the uh, medical issues that she is dealing with. So I pray that you would be with Don and her family through this really very difficult time, and certainly with Dee as as uh, um, she is grieving for her cousin. And I thank you for um, the unspoken request that Dee has that she's lifted up to you through uh, the means of our community. I like that word. So I pray, Lord, that you would just encircle Dee with whatever it is that she needs. She needs to feel your presence and your comfort and your wisdom. And, and whatever the, it, the situation may be, Lord, you know it. You know what it needs, and you have the answer. So I pray you give that to her. And, Father, I know just between Matt and myself, we have quite a few prayer requests and praises. I lift up my mom. As she uh, spent a lot of time in the ER yesterday, I pray that you would bless her today and, and thank you for answers through uh, test results that we have a new um, 
direction to go, and I pray that you would just give her strength today. And I lift up uh, daughters, Stephanie, having her hip bursitis. She got that giant shot a couple days ago. I pray this is um, going to be your touch on her hip, and that will take that horrible pain she's been dealing with away, and she'll be able to get back up and running like she should be. And for Dee Dee, as she is recovering from the surgery, having had a hysterectomy two weeks ago, I pray, Lord, that you would just speed up that process, um, help her to get back up going and, and uh, be released from her doctor that she may uh, continue forward. And, Father, I thank you for my uh, my high school friend, Kendra, having had cancer surgery and getting a pathology report that all is clear. She doesn't need any other treatment. That is a praise. Thank you, Jesus, for Kendra and for Alfred and for her, her kids. That you would just encircle her as she rejoices through this right now. And Father, I lift up Connie. She's um, asking for prayers for her, her her blood count. Her platelets have been a little out of whack. And I know that you know this, and I know that you know the answer to this. And so we just lift it to you that you would give her the peace of knowing that you're taking care of her, but also for the doctors who are treating her, that they would know what direction to go. And Father, I know there's many more, and, and we just lift them all up to you because you know them all by name and all by by uh, the, the things that they need. Father, we ask your Holy Spirit would just fill us up today. Give us that dose that we love to have every day that we rely on and we we uh, are so confident in uh, you and your, your guidance and, and the things that you do as you fill us up and walk with us, talk with us. Father, we want to give this day to you. We want to praise you and worship you and testify about you and tell people about you and go on and on and on because sometimes we do that. So we thank you, Father, for who you are and how much you love us and that we love you. We give this day to you today in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, uh, the sun is coming out here. Finally, it's been yeah pretty pretty foggy this morning, so we're happy. Yeah. Uh, we um, we love what's going on. We pray that your day is beautiful. If you need us, don't hesitate to contact us, and we will pray with you or whatever it is that you're needing. Absolutely. Um, again, if you would like one of these books, um, I I don't want to come across as somebody advertising a book because there's no profit to us except knowing that God has put these in our hands. And the idea of being able to hand them to you free of charge is something we truly enjoy. And, and it is free of charge. We don't charge shipping or anything. But if you would like a copy of these, let me know. We will send a copy to you right away. Okay, that's, that's it. it. Have yeah. a beautiful day. We will see you Monday morning uh, with our um, um, Scribbles 31-Day Devotional, day number 12. Yes. Uh, and we will be doing the podcast. Please join us. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Be in God's house this weekend if you can. Absolutely. Um, sometimes that's an effort. It, you know, sometimes it's tougher to do than sometimes. we want to do. And we use, don't use a mask as an excuse. <laughs> that's that's the easiest way that's to put it. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Don't use a mask as an excuse. Go to God's house. Be in your word. Be in the Bible. God is teaching great things from his word. All right. Bless you guys. Love you. We will see you on Monday morning. Bye, everybody.